Hello. This is um, J. Crew, everybody. <laughs> Don't you love doing a podcast where it's us put the world in the room? Totally. Um, this is my friend J. Crew, whose real name is Jason. Yes. Um, we met... I was assigned that nickname at birth. Yeah, you were assigned at birth. Assigned at birth. <laughs> <laughs> and you've lived up to it. You've lived yes, up to the name. thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we met at Icon, the gay bar here. Yes. And um, we were seeing your friend... Petty Cake. Petty Cake. Yes. Not Patty. Petty, who's also been on your podcast. That's right. Petty Cake mm-hmm. was on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I am up to date. This is the Icon series. Yeah. Um, and you told me that you were a seamstress. Yes. Um, worked already, at a costume shop. Yes, which already makes me fail at a boy. <laughs> <laughs> seamstress. So far, no. not a good start. Not a great start. Um, and I said, oh, you're J. Crew. Yeah. And you had never heard that. No, someone had called me like JC Penny before, That's, which I was you're like, more expensive. "Thank you." Yeah, that is exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I like J Crew. I always thought that was really cute. Other than that, no, and, I never really had any nicknames. So, and as soon as I started talking to you, I knew I found a kindred spirit, and that I can go there and yes. we talk about similar things. We've pretty much had the same life, but different lives. Mm-hmm. You dress fabulously. Thank you very much. You make a lot of your own clothes. I do because it's fun. Because it's fun, and you're good at it. Thank you. And you look unique. Thank you. And people want to know who you are. And that's it's, the whole point of fashion. If you're wearing something and it doesn't make someone want to know who you are, not good. No, it's not fun. Um, I fully agree. And I'm certainly like, that's been like, within like who I define myself to be, I've certainly had very many like eras of like caring about fashion and like what I think like defines my style. Um, a lot of it has to do with like outside influences. Like I specifically remember like being in Texas before I came to New York, like when grew I up first, in Texas. yeah, yeah, grew up in Texas. So like before I came to New York, before I even started not caring Austin. about fashion, not Austin, not Austin. I grew up in Arlington, Texas, which capital is, T, Texas. Yes, capital T, um, Texas Rangers, Texas. Um, I grew up in Arlington, which is like a suburb between Dallas and Fort Worth, and so like it is where like everyone from those two major cities like actually live. So it's super suburban, <laughs> um, and then like actually both major. Um, sports teams are there so Dallas Cowboys and Texas Rangers are like actually in Arlington so like I grew up like down the street from football games and baseball games which like I don't really give a shit about straight man's theater yes that's what I call um, it can't relate um, but did you watch the Super Bowl I did actually cause you guys we were gonna do this podcast Super Bowl Sunday and yes. I thought and I thought oh, I realized that it was Super Bowl Sunday afterwards and I thought you we were like that doesn't that gonna matter. Gonna matter like no one's gonna be watching that at Jason's house Jason's not gonna be watching it no cut to lo and behold it actually you're did. like hey we're gonna have a little party yeah no like, so like I queer, with, how did you queer the Super Bowl I can't say that I did besides okay. objectifying Adam Levine that um, I was got by it yes I was ready to hate yeah. And then he played, he had one card to play with me, and he played and it. And he played it. I will say, I called that really early. He, like, unzipped his jacket after the first song, and I was like, take off more clothes! And he did. You, at the three-quarter um, length jacket, you saw, I like, was he like, did the he's first g- thing? I was like, he's gonna take off more clothes. And but you I didn't was, think he was gonna go shirtless. I did not necessarily think he was gonna go shirtless, um, but, you know, not really surprised. Because um, I don't really know anything about him, except for the fact that he enjoys being naked. Oh. Um, I just knew that he dated the Victoria's Secret, or is with a Victoria's he was with one I of them, but just really with a different know. one. Yeah. He's had, like, the Victoria's Secret girlfriend, and that yeah. was his business thing. Um, which, like, good for him. And now I know that he worked out his arms a lot before the Super Bowl. I was going to say, he looked bigger than I had ever remembered seeing mm-hmm. him. Because I actually always really liked his body type, because, like... Well, it's like yours. I was going to say, no, because, like, and you don't necessarily see that a lot. Like, I'm definitely, right. yes, I'm, like, a skinny boy. I'm, like, the most 
I can sort of ever imagine being is like toned, not really like built. That's the same for and, me. Yeah, and so like because I have to eat differently to get you, that. Big. And I, well, going back to fashion, I don't really want to bulk because like I love to snatch my waist you, and feel skinny and you like you know it's best for it to look like a model. hanger exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then okay, green, I'm tangents. Um, growing in Texas, oh, yes, so like right. first time I like cared about fashion. Um, I remember I was watching Glee, which like, meh. Um, and like Darren Chris. I was just listening to What If God Was One of Us, the Glee version, <laughs> literally on this walk home. I haven't listened to it for probably five years. And you, you're like, something just is compelling me. Just yes. on the bus. There are definitely some good ones and some significant misses. That was but, a good one. Um, yeah, there's some good ones. Um, so I remember like watching Darren Chris on Glee and he had like all the bow ties and the button up shirts and the chinos and the cute shoes and like all the fun these Darren Smith was the gay one. Darren Chris, Chris is sorry. the... No, I'm trying to think. Which one was he? He was the boyfriend of Kurt. So Kurt was like the main gay one, and then they gave him a boyfriend like three oh, seasons in. Yeah. It was very cute. Oh, um, wow. Risky. He's gone off to do like um, American... Gay porn. <laughs> if only. Um, <laughs> I would subscribe. Um, I would pay for Like, subscribe. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to my channel. Welcome to my channel. Welcome to my asshole. Um, this is... Remember to like, subscribe. Yes. <laughs> All the screen cap videos are just pictures of his asshole. I wonder on porn, who are the people who do the ups and the downs? You know, because they have it on YouTube also, yeah. but they also have it on the big porn sites. But that's why, like, do you have to subscribe to do that? I bet you do have to log in. Because I'm like, I don't really understand. And then you have a record. That's what I'm saying. There's that's a paper a trail. I don't Yeah, know. and you know Google is in cahoots with those big companies. Of course that they are. Named. Yeah. They don't need to know what I watch. But they I don't definitely do know, know and then, yeah, right. <laughs> It's like, you yeah. know when um, Black Swan, when she has the word whore yes. on the thing, she's like wiping it off? Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel about myself. Second Internet after. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I remember like seeing this person being like, he looks cute as fuck. Like, that's what I want to dress like, right? And so that sort of became my like first intro was like carrying what I wore. Mm. Um, I had no money and he like wore really nice things. Actually like very J. Crew. Um, and so like, I sort of found like my way around that so like I kind of felt the look um but then I remember like being someone who cared this was in high school like late high school senior year being someone who like cared about how they dressed was like super faggy for like yes. where I grew up I was never like made fun of or whatever um you weren't I was not thankfully um I attribute a lot of that to like having a really good friend group um yeah. I was a big old band nerd and smart so, like, kids I just yeah so I just hung around people and who, they're like, not didn't hot. care they're not hot it's good yeah. Um, a good, ugly friend in high school is it's one of the best things. That is, it's yeah, that's lasting. It provides the foundation. I'm really still friends with all of them. Because <laughs> then they're pro- they get, you get better looking I was going to say, school. all of them are very attractive now, I think. Because the attractive ones have babies because they're so attractive. Yes. They have the key to the door and they open the door. It, it's The door opens too Although early. Although I will them. say, I heard, oh, I heard Trixie and Katya talking about this. Mm-hmm. I love them. Trixie has this theory that, like, um, someone will fuck you. So, like, even if you're ugly... Like, people will fuck you. Yeah. So, like... As my grandma would say, there's a lid to every pot. Yes. <laughs> every pot. Every pot. Even you kettles out there. Yeah. yeah. You have a lid. You just gotta find it. Yes. Um, so... And the takeaway from that is... Ugly friends. Okay. <laughs> Basically, it doesn't matter how you look. It's It can happen for you. It can happen for you. And actually, it um, will happen for you. Yes. Like, and, and don't and you're be afraid... Yeah. Don't be afraid to align yourself with those people... 
Yeah. Because then they won't bully you for being gay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try really hard Sorry. to get back to the top. Because they're ugly. <laughs> exactly. So they understand what it's like to be an outsider. But honestly, it's like they don't... It's when you are the band... I always remember being in band and having the tuba. I played the tuba and then... Yeah, you did. I, did I tell you this pimple story? <laughs> I don't think you did. And no. I have like an exact memory of being in the stands, my brother playing varsity basketball, captain of the team, and me being the pep band with the tuba, the reflection of the tuba, uh-huh. popping a pimple in the reflection no. of the tuba. And, I, and then it was after... And like I got it and I was really satisfied and then after I thought... What kind of human am this I? Is, this is where I am right now. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to get better. Yes. But probably not for a long time. time. <laughs> And here we are, still not better. And here we are in Queens. <laughs> in Queens, yeah. Listen, you have a very gorgeous apartment. It is a cute apartment. You pay for half of it yourself. I do. That is, it's very adult, and you got a new raise. You got a, well, a raise. I assume a raise, but I definitely a promotion. A I got definitely a promotion, definitely a raise or something, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you were not made fun of because you had good friends. Yes, so, like, thank God. So Did then, you start dressing like this, though, or you just, No, like, that was the thing. No, okay. like, it was very... Um, it just was, like, sort of your traditional menswear that, like, everyone yeah. I went to high school with... Nice clothes, which is faggy. Which is faggy. Everyone I went to high school with... you're coming from cargo shorts. Cargo shorts, basketball shorts were huge. During the day. During the day. Not back working in, out. Nope. Um, you have no reason to be wearing basketball shorts. Um, like, that and, like, I don't know, like a Walmart tee. Like, who really gives a shit? And so mm-hmm. for me to, like, care about what I was wearing... Um, I specifically remember once that I wore, like, shorts like a bow tie and like a short sleeve button up shirt and I was feeling real cute and I don't I sort of vaguely remember getting called a fag but I don't think it was like that real but Mm. I also repressed a lot of things but I mean like that was like the first time and I was like 18 years old at that point like senior about to graduate and like before that I don't think I had ever really been called like a fag before like I never really were you looking out for it? I sort of was. Like, I yeah. sort of was always on the alert for, like, eh. Did you sort of want it as a validation? Like, oh, it, it, I am no. making an impact. Or, like, no. I definitely felt different and something about that I was, like, fine with. Um, I'm certainly more that way now. I definitely remember, like, going through... I think a lot of gay people go through this. Um, where there's, like, an inherent homophobia that we all have. Where yes. we're, like... I'm gay, but I'm not that gay, right? Like, I'm not the gay that I see on TV, or I'm not like that. And because we sort of, like, have this inherent hate within ourselves. And people say that to you. They're like, well, you're gay, but you're not. You're not that gay. But the thing is, they don't finish the sentence. They ask gay, but you're not, like, you know. And I'm like, finish this. I want you to finish this. Exactly. What am I not? Right. Um, And so... Because whatever it is, I can guarantee you I am. And, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. You're not that blank. Yes, I am. And so, like, I remember spending a lot of time being like, well, I'm not that. Um, mm-hmm. And so this was sort of the first time that I was like, well, this is kind of something that I... That's the thing is I spent a lot of time being like, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not that. Right, right, and right. this was kind of the first time that I was like, well, maybe I am this. And then I, I wouldn't necessarily consider it validation, but it definitely was like well, kind yeah, of... I don't mean to suggest that calling being called no, a fag <laughs> I mean, I love it now. I'm sort of on high alert for being called a fag now, but that's only because like... That means you're doing your job. Exactly. I have this theory. I like... I'm trying to test like what would be the most because you can't like there's not really a word you can say back to people right that sort of has that inherent yeah right because um, like if a woman's calling you a fag like you can call her a bitch but like I don't really want to call her a bitch like yeah that's, and if she's calling you that's probably for fun well like, like yeah but like specifically like men there's not really anything I could like call a straight man calling me a fag so I have um, two theories one referencing their father something about like <laughs> well if you're gonna call me a fag you're just calling your dad a fag he sucked my dick last night like something 
Oh my god. Something along that line. Or my <laughs> other the other one I really want to try is just start like Which is the fight response. Exactly. Or something to like weird them out. So just like start like moaning or something. Just be like that. Ugh, okay, so like, that's what I was gonna say. Call me a fag again. Like, well, right. Ugh. Well, say something something about flirting with them. Yeah. Where it's like leaning into that yeah, thing. Totally. Like, yeah. Be like, you yeah. want some? Yeah, you want totally. Like, like are you um, too? Yeah. But it hasn't happened. I, like <laughs> Which I'm so upset. I have this these theories in my mind. I know I have these theories that I want to test out, and no one's called me a fag recently. And I'm trying really hard, and I don't appreciate that we're living in a better world. Okay, listeners, <laughs> if you <laughs> see J. Crew walking down the street, yes, we'll take a picture after this, and so yes. your your face will be out Forever, there, yeah, commemorated. Yep, you'll be tagged, yes. so they'll be able to see. Find my social media. You across the street, yeah. I don't care. No, just. Hey, bang it! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then totally. we'll see. Um, we'll perk up like a... Yeah, I'll be like, like a meerkat. Yeah. It's my time. <laughs> it's my time. I worked for this. Boom, boom. I worked for this. Um, uh, you reached senior year of high school, you so, decided to go to New York. Point. Yeah, point... Well, so like, I actually didn't get to New York first. I mm-hmm. started... Thank you for complimenting my sewing skills, but that's not where I started. I actually, like... Basically, I decided, like, I didn't want to do music, even though that's, like, mm-hmm. what I did all of high school. Mm-hmm. Um... So then I was like, well, science is cool. So I went to this private right. school in Texas where I studied biochemistry for two years. Right. <laughs> Which is absurd. Um, I've had a lot of science to art friends. Yes. And I think or like... Science and art friends. And it's, and it's funny because I've also seen like the opposite where people who are like really invested in like art and things like realize that like, I don't know, art can sometimes be sold as this like... Mixed with money gets weird. Yeah. And like, I don't know, people, people like... Art is hard. Art's hard. Like, art is hard. And so, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, you can have creative outlets, you can be a creative person, and art doesn't necessarily have to be, like, the thing that you do for work, or the thing that, like, makes you happy, right? right? And so, like... makes you money. Yeah, and so I think there's plenty of other people who started in art and are like, actually, no, like, I think I want, like, this matters more to me, right? So I think it actually kind of happens both ways. But yeah, like, definitely lots of people science to art or, or whatever but um, you're doing biochem you're sort of feeling the fantasy until basically like what happened was i i hate how much glee was a significant thing for me you don't need to hate that i like only because it's not good like the, i wish there the was city, better the city on mtv was big for me <laughs> spin off of the hills where whitney comes would, to the city to pursue I her dream i never really watched mtv so i actually don't know what that is well so i I'll never watched glee because you're not, not allowed in my house <laughs> <laughs> no because musicals were not allowed. Musicals were not allowed. No. Well, discouraged. Um, Strongly discouraged. I was going to say, your parents did And rightfully so, I will say. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Glee was not good television. Mm. But, like, the biggest thing was that, like, they were graduating the same time that I was. So, like, mm. all the angst was, yes. like, oh, I feel it understood. Yeah. So, basically, like, that season ended with, like, Rachel going to New York. And I was, like, what what is any way that I could get myself to New York, right? Like, I have no skill sets that would involve me going to New York, so, like, how can I work towards that? So then I went... Besides, you want to, which is the only skill set you need. To come here, sure. To come here. To to stay here. Well, succeed is your own thing, but to stay is a yes or no. Yeah. To stay requires a lot of things. Absolutely. But to come here and to succeed, those are in your court. Yeah, that's true. Um, And, I mean, there's plenty of things to do here, but... um, yeah, so I remember, like, I went to school. I was like, I'm going to study biochemistry. I think research is cool. Like, continuing education. Like, learning for the rest of your life. How fun. Um, but then I remember I needed, like, an on-campus job. Um, and so I was, like, I had, like, a, 
um, family connection with someone who like worked in the IT department for the school. And so like that was going to be my on-campus job was like running around fixing people's computers. I don't know anything about computers, but like nepotism. Um, so then I went to this like theater seminar because like it's, you know, freshman, like orientation, like you just go to all the things. Anyway, the lady who ran the costume studio was like, hey, I need people. Um, like sewing experience is not required. Like if you just want a job, I'll teach you. And I was like, that's the thing. Like that's the thing that could get me to go where I want to go. Mm. Um, and so it struck a chord that you knew was there, or that was no, you had not never at all. I oh, never, I had never thought. I'd never been in theater. I'd never done anything theater wise. I'd never sewn anything. I'd never like. I'd always. My mom says like, she thinks that I'm where I'm supposed to be now because she's always thought I was like really creative and needed that kind of outlet. I don't know if I would necessarily consider myself like creative. I'm not really a designer, but I definitely like. I enjoy the doing. We'll get into that later. But, like, um, having that kind of outlet, no, I had no idea that I cared about having. And so um, I think what it was is it just, like, was the first thing that was, like, interesting to me because it wasn't so academic. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I liked being a student, but I wasn't... And I was good at being a student, but I didn't sort of care about, like, what I was studying. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really impassioned about, like, biochemistry right so like and that was like a quick decline because basically i'm the kind of person that like once i realize what i really want to be doing i can't be bothered with anything else so like i almost like failed out of that school because all i wanted to do was like be in the costume studio like i didn't really care about what i was majoring in and the problem was that like they had a theater department but they didn't have like a specific costume program so i would have had to be like a theater student and like act and like learn theater history and all this stuff and i was like i don't want to do that but you wanted to make i wanted to make and that's like that's been the biggest thing yeah that's been the biggest thing it's like i am a maker which is kind of a wonderful realization yes Um, and so i was like doing this thing i was like i'm gonna fail out of the school like i need to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and i was like well um i don't know shit about women's wear but i like my own fashion so like men's wear um, and then the only menswear program in the country is at FIT. So I literally applied to FIT one. FIT is the only, the only menswear in, in the world. Which is that called a fashion program or design program? A it's technically a design program. Textile, like what it's, is it no, called? So like, design program. Yeah, yeah. So it's technically a design program. Um, so FIT is broken up into two schools. There's a business school and like an art school. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their biggest program in the art school is fashion design, and that's like inherently women's wear. Mm-hmm. Then that breaks up into a bunch of categories, yeah. like evening wear, like sports wear, right. like swimwear. Yes. Anyway. All the different then, parts of my closet. Exactly. Um, as everyone's closet should be. Of course. Um, just kidding. I, I divided by anyone. time of day. Yes. <laughs> How um, early 1900s of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the time is always 9 a.m. Yes. <laughs> um, I might not be awake. Yeah. <laughs> might still be in bed. Um, so I was like, Great, like menswear. I I applied to one school. Yeah. Um, I you were the one plans. who told me. Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't know. What did I tell you? No, you told me something I've never heard someone say before, which is, I don't know if I. You said these words. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I'm like lucky. I'm really lucky. <laughs> People are like, oh, I'm so lucky. I love my family. Oh, I'm so lucky. I, no, like, I'm have like lucky life. in life. Like. Right. You're like no. I've had luck. I've had luck, and I and I like all of my friends growing up. We'll say that. They'll be like, you... Did I necessarily deserve to get where I'm at? Like, not necessarily. Um, It's not to say that I don't work hard, and I'm certainly at a point now where I can, like, justify where I've gotten. 
but there's like a lot. There's a lot of luck involved in my deserve, life. Deserve, deserve is a funny word. I wrote a whole essay about deserve. Yeah, and how it's a funny word. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't agree that you're lucky. And yeah. you don't know why things have come to you. I think there have been I predestined there, to come to you, and now it's I think the that there's. I think there's steps that I've made that I always surprise myself when I make those steps because yes. I'm. I am a comfy person. I mm-hmm. like. I don't necessarily. I don't like change. So you step outside and go. What are you doing? Exactly. And yeah. so, like, but the moments in my life where I've decided, like, I've made an active choice to, like, I'm going to chase after this. Yeah. Like something amazing always happens, and mm-hmm. like I've realized that I can't really push myself to do those things. Right. They have to come sort of naturally when I'm ready for them. Mm. But I have to really monopolize them when that happens. And so I don't know what it was, but there was something in me that was like, I'm going to apply to this school, mm. and then like, I you got, got in. Um, and I mean, there's, it's One like, in a million. Uh, more like Whoa. 25 and 500, wow. um, like, yeah, like 500 kids apply for just the menswear program. Like thousands of kids apply to fashion design, wow. but, um, 500 apply for the menswear program and they only accept 25 a year. Wow. Um, what was funny is like, I was so scared cause I was like. I just started sewing like two years ago. Like I like I'm, there's no way I'm gonna get in. Like this is crazy. Um, the woman who like taught me how to sew, she really helped me with my portfolio. But I like never sketched before and like all this stuff. Anyway, but I was like, I'm gonna submit it. Sort of caution to the wind in a sense, because like I didn't apply to any of the schools and I was about to fail out of where I was. But um, anyway, the funny thing was that when I finally got to school and I talked to like people that applied the same time that I did and got in, they were like, oh, I'd never sewn anything before this portfolio. And I was like, ah. <laughs> okay, I've, great. I've heard someone else, an essay that someone wrote about going to Harvard. Yeah. And they said before they, what, like it's hard? they spent the first, <laughs> it's like, what, like it's hard? What, like it's hard? <laughs> they spent the first two weeks going around going, oh my God, how did I get in here? And they spent the next two weeks slash year going, uh, how did you get how in here? How did you get in here? <laughs> totally. Um, you are the only one in your own way. It's, I, that's very real. After you hit send, how long did you have until they told you yes or no? Like months? I would say weeks. months. I want to say I finished an application maybe like March, April. Mm-hmm. And then I knew by the end of May that I was okay. going. So weeks. Five, six weeks. So actually, yeah, really not that long. But what does that... I just went through a, a like waiting months, period but... with this promotion in like two months. Right. What did that in between time like what do you do with yourself do you I find it comes in waves of like I mean there was like, a lot I don't give a shit about this or I want this so bad or yeah. I feel in the middle the I mean like ones. There, I don't I feel like there was so much else going on in my life like at that particular time a lot of change was happening mm-hmm. in that like I was a very unhappy person in my situation and I had just started to realize that I was unhappy like I know that sounds crazy but like when I look back at that time in my life and any time before that, I sort of, I, I say that it's like a moment where I woke up where like I had never before in my life thought about like how I felt. I just sort of like did like a day to day. And then I remember just being so unhappy and like I was living with people that like weren't so great, but I will, I will say they were wonderful because they saw how unhappy I was and they were like, this is not okay. And a lot of it was, like, I was treating myself, like, really poorly. Like, I, I would, like, sleep all the time. And I, like, wouldn't shower because I was, like, what's the matter? And I wouldn't, like, do my homework. And I wouldn't, like, I would just come home and I would just be, like, you know, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I sort of never really thought about how that affected, like, my quality of living or, like, what that meant. And they were, like, you know, you should figure your shit out. And, like, mm-hmm. kind of 
in a very like tough love kind of way and that does not sit well with me but it was like a nice like rattling of the cage that I needed um where I was like holy shit I really am unhappy I've never thought about like what makes me happy um and from that I like went to go see a therapist and like that's kind of one of those things that like um once I realized that something was wrong and I made an active step to go like significant exponential wonderful change Mm -hmm. and I remember going to this therapist and being like okay, so here's A, B, and C things that I want to talk about. Um, so we're going to, like, knock it out. Bam, bam, bam. That is so funny you say that, because when I went to my therapist, I sort of, I said to her, I was sort of hoping that you would have a sort of, like, syllabus for us to go yeah, over. Yeah, no. And I, that's... Cut to Jay Crew singing out. Okay, so I want to talk about this, 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 Okay, this. so I, A. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I mean, that's what's, like, that is a way in which I can relate to people who, like, are actually... Um, like, have mental illnesses or, like, depression or anxiety in that, like, I I was sad, and I'm trying to be a little better about, like, saying, like, oh, I'm anxious today or I'm depressed today. Like, those mm-hmm. are legitimate things that I am not feeling. Um, but I definitely was, like, sad at that time in my life, and I think to be able to, like, realize that I want to change that and talk about it in such an objective way and be able to go into someone and, like, feel like I can process those things and then like great check done I can like move on with whatever information I've gathered mm-hmm. versus yeah like I, my best friend growing up it always baffled me because she would go to therapy and I'd be like what did you talk about and she was like nothing I was like what do you mean you talked about nothing like you're paying this person to help you and you're not opening up to them and she's like well it's not that easy I'm like that's crazy I am a, I am I am an emotional open book like it makes me so happy to like talk about um really deep shit um, cause I find it very satisfying and I'm able to like relate to people and, and whatever. But, um, there's also some stuff in my, um, astrological chart that like, um, lends me to being very like, um, um, objective when trying to like solve a problem. I'm not really great at like being decisive, but like when I put my mind to something like that, I'm like, okay, so here's the things that I know I want to talk about. We're going to talk about me and we're going to get this answer and we're going to get like, great, bam, mm. boom, done. Um, get this answer is hard um, and I have learned recently that the answer that you sort of concoct in your head is never satisfying because it's always a mind answer it's always a mind answer and that's body not, answers are better if but, you can get to a body answer that's really good of course and I think what it's I, when you get the chills it's when you laugh and it's when you cry yeah those are the body answers. And that's, those a very the, good, that's a very good point. That, those, that, that is an indicator of the truth when those things happen. And I remember, like, I, I'm not necessarily very good at conflict or, like, I don't really consider myself, like, I don't really like to argue with people or, like, mm. or, like I have full arguments in my head because that's easier than, like, actually trying to argue with someone. And so what ends up happening is, like, I create a solution in my head that the other person doesn't know anything about because I was mm. just talking to myself. Mm. And then, two... I often am like, so this is the thing that you need to say to make me feel better. And this is actually something that I learned from like my first ex-boyfriend is he was like, what do you want me to say? Like, we're fighting. What do you want me to say to make you feel better? And I was like, I want you to say this. He was like, okay. And he said it. And I was like, I don't feel any better. And he was like, of course you don't. Because that's, that's not me saying it. That's you saying it. You're not getting any resolution from me. And so what I realized, you're not listening. And I, and I think, and there too is an openness to the, to the idea that, like, what someone else is feeling and what their opinion on something is is somehow better than what I've concocted in my head to make me feel better. Something about 
a genuine answer or reasoning or whatever coming from another person that you're having a problem with is so much more satisfying because there's not this little tingling of like, well, I made you say that. Right. Right. Like, well, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. And like, even if it's not necessarily what you want to hear, there's something about it where you're able to like, okay, I can move on from that. It's actual substance. Yes. It's real and it's material and it's coming from them. Yeah. Yeah. And something about that is like, it's, it might not be what you want, but it's somehow significantly more satisfying. And I think too, like it can go, when I have those arguments in my head, I sort of, I, I think I know exactly where that's going to go. I know where this conversation is going to go. And so often when I leave now, when I try and leave myself open to like where this conversation could go, it leads in places that are like significantly more satisfying um, and like places I would have never thought of. And like, I don't know, it's, it's nice to get like perspective from other people and really like accept that. Um, now I genuinely don't know how we got here. When did you... Well, we, we listened to each other is what we did. Yes. Oh, you were asking me about, like, the time between, um, like, when I had applied to FIT and, like, when... Well, you, were, you answered it. You said that a lot was going on. A lot on, was going on. So it's sort of like, things. I sort of next. didn't even have a second to, like, You know what think I think about. it was? You didn't have an action item for it. So no. what am I going to do? I have other action items for this. I have an interaction with this person yeah, that exactly. I have to worry about. I have I this like, other thing that's I did everything up. I could to, like, this send thing it off the past happened. Yeah. But yeah. now, these are the things I can focus on now. Do you have your first boyfriend in Texas? No. I never had, like, a significant boyfriend until I came to New York, and that uh-huh. was, and that was like, my second year here. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, my entire first year here, um, I didn't even really, like... Joyful or horrible? First significant relationship? No, first year in New York. First year in New York? I would say very joyful. Yeah. Um, again, I was, like, still think- figuring out a lot about myself, because it was sort of still very early in, like, the... In the waking up period best place Um, but I was definitely like I was in a place doing a thing that like mattered to me and so that like having that basis was wonderful better than most better than most and I think too like to be able to come here and come for school like to have a reason to be here and reason to wake up every morning syllabus syllabus exactly (laughs) like something about that is so the people who come here they're like I don't know anyone I don't have a job but I want to do this like that, like you're sort of setting yourself up to fail or like it is very hard to succeed in that scenario. Unless you have a clarity of what your values are. Yes. I moved here with an, a part-time inter- unpaid internship, but it was a thing. It was a pill. It was a pillar. To That's what I'm to. saying. People who have no pillars. Well, like I think no... your pillar can be, I want to live in New York City. I think that's a pillar enough. I think it is if inherently it's about more difficult. City. I think it's inherently more difficult than like if you have, but yes. Like, but I, I, cause I also think it's difficult if you say, I'm going to work in advertising and to do that, I'm going to go to New York city. Cause yeah. then you come here, advertising doesn't work out and then New York city is too hard anyway. And that's then you, you bog yourself down. That's but if true. you come here with New York city as your value, living here is my value. I want to be here. And I to just do anything be, to be here, here is is an inherent like right. success because right. I that's been my story it's, right and I've you know had 12 jobs and that's been part of the whole thing yeah and it's shifted now later on but that's true I really like it's always been my thing to be here and stay here right and whatever that takes but you all in the same similar way the one place that you would go yeah was here so yeah it's sort of like tied inherently so it definitely yeah yeah and I definitely think you know and I never really lived on my own before and like I ended up, I lived on, in, like, dorm housing for FIT for the two years that I was there, and, like, that was really wonderful, because, like, I sort of took things in steps, and again, like, I don't necessarily handle significant change very well, so, like, to be able to, like, be in New York, like, just for the first full year, I was focusing on, like, being in New York, 
you know, without having to worry about like rent and utilities and like roommates and right. like transportation. And you're living in Chelsea. Like, I was living in Chelsea, which is amazing. And I you like no, walked to class. I walked. To, I walked across the street to class. So I'm like such a country an idiot lifestyle. for never. I never like went out and did anything. Um, Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I really, I kind of regret that I didn't sort of expand my horizons in that way. But I, I wouldn't have known what to do at the time. I'm so happy I didn't go out in Chelsea when I was 21. Well, sure. Well, that's as I was like 20 at that time, and I didn't have a fake yeah. ID, and I was close enough to being 21 that I was like, I don't want to pay for a fake ID. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I ended up like not really doing a lot. But, I mean, I will agree with you, like, looking at... I don't care about spending my time in Chelsea now, so, like, whatever. Right. Um, I don't think it would have made me, like, any more significantly happy. But... Um, just like in general living in that area I wish I like explored more yeah because it wasn't until like because you're in the middle yeah it wasn't until like that's true you know and and so much of the focus was like school and and whatever Um, you're busy it's busy no move to New York to relax and I'm not a great multitasker so if I'm like I have this and this to do today I'm not like well here are the other ten things I could do today I think you're Um, going to continue to succeed more as time goes on in this world because multitasking is going to be the thing that slows everybody down and that people who know how to do one thing at a time are going to be the most productive and people are going to say oh my god how do you do that it's because you do one thing at one time i can certainly work on my general efficiency but yes i will say that like i tend to get things done whereas other people get really bogged down with things right and it's definitely like when i do feel really overwhelmed it's the whole starting is, like, really difficult. Yes. And, like, well, versus if you can, like, focus on one thing. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I, um, I'm trying to think. I moved here. Hooray. I got that, like... I think I actually got um, an email from FIT saying, like, click here about your housing before I actually got, like, an acceptance letter. And I was like, <gasps> what? Um, and then I think, like, a few days later, I got, um, like, my acceptance letter. And I was just, like so over the moon it was wonderful because I was like holy shit like um I don't know like I was just like life is gonna change right um and then it did and then it did and, and you've been here since I've been here since how many times have you fallen in love in New York ever um every day okay that's not me that means one of us um no um fallen in love with a man in New York I've still yet to do that really I I have genuinely done that so frequently oh um but that's i like sorry maybe you're thinking about this differently i mean like i fall in love very quickly like i see a cute boy in a subway and i'm like i've imagined our entire life together well i told you that that happened to me i met a subway boy i met a subway boy and went out on three four you did tell me this it was everything was really great nice Mm -hmm. till the end got sort of weird where he just like kind of checked out right he kind of checked out yeah yeah and told me that i was conservative and judgmental well, Dan. Which I could never imagine. This is actually an intervention. <laughs> it turned into a little bit like, oh, okay, you think this is about me. Well, but I'm intrigued. I, I would be very fascinated to talk to this person and see what their values are and be like, are you saying that because I'm not as liberal as you? Because I certainly wouldn't consider you so, like, I consider you very liberal, but like, thank you. I just always, I wonder, like, you're like, oh, such a, I'm like, I've, I can't believe what I'm sitting at the table and I feel like the John McCain in the meeting, like, but I, but that, yeah, I mean, it's all relative, which is sort of insane. Right. And I think, too, like, um, I've already mentioned astrology once. One of my favorite things, I am a Gemini, one of my favorite things about being a Gemini is I think there is an inherent, like, ability to um, accept oppositional things within one universe. Like, it doesn't have to be an and-or situation, mm-hmm. right? So, like, 
I think so many people think that like all of their values have to align with like one central thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually been a lot of people who like research fashion and culture who talk about like hipsters, like the hipster identity is all about like you have like everything you do, like what you eat, what you wear, where you go, who you hang out with it all aligns with this like socially conscious, whatever. Um, and how that is exhausting and basically impossible. Right. Um, and so I think people often get carried away with that and so they see someone who's like where you have where where someone else has a has a value that doesn't really align with like what you picture a liberal person to be um and they're certainly entitled to that and that doesn't make them any less or more liberal but um all of a sudden you're like not like you're you're now the other you're now like you're now siding with them and it's like whoa and he had a he led a very sort of like group of gays who go to Fire Island and go on trips together and right, like go he's to the gym a, very a lot specific and life. spend all yeah, the yeah. money they have and it's very sort of like he's living right yeah wear. and it's you like, decided that you were somehow other and then that's yeah. right and then I'm like I'm down to have fun mm-hmm. like I'm a fun girl just cause I live this sort of like country lifestyle <laughs> listen I <laughs> I feel like I'm very cosmopolitan and fun yes. and I go on trips yes but he was like I just don't see you like being comfortable with one of my friends and his friends are like cool gay guys well, that sounds like a, a a problem that he has within like yeah. who he thinks his friend group group is and who he yes. has to be within them, and that's, that's a whole right. messy that's situation. Right. Um, Once for short, not about me. Not about you. No, my favorite thing is to, I love when my friends get to like hang out with my significant other. Like I right. love that. Such a good litmus test. Yes. Or a fun litmus test. Yeah. Um, I will say that like my significant others have not really like. First significant other, his name is Tony. He did not really enjoy like my I friends. See, I have, I have a former Tony. Too. Yes, I think we might have talked about that. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, he, he very much like wanted me all to himself, kind mm. of, and that like there's a lot there. But um, and and the kind of um, like lover that I am is like a very giving, like like let's do like let's take care of you, right? Mm. That brings me a lot of joy. Um, so in that scenario, yeah, like, I kind of ostracized myself from, like, a lot of friends. It was, like, all about Tony. Mm. Um, and so as much as I wanted him to, like, why I wanted to share him with everyone in my life, he wasn't really about that. That's what I meant at like, the coat check, right? You did meet... No, that's no. Eric. Oh. Well, I know Eric. Yeah. Oh, but yes. Tony was yes, at coat check. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, cute. He's very cute. He's beautiful. Um, so... Was cute. <laughs> I didn't say it. Lit. I didn't say it. Um, so, but he like, he didn't, I've never had a significant other that wanted to be my parents. Right. Interesting. Something about that I want. Like, you oh, don't right. have to like them, but I right. want you to like them because like, or want I, to meet them is or nice. Want, like, like even meet the them and then have want a, to meet them. Meet them and then, oh, I don't yeah. know that I gel with them or whatever. Which like, like we both, Right. We don't live in the same house anymore. So I was fine. like, and they are certainly like, I mean, I, I'm like, we're pretty involved, me and my parents, um, but like, you know, they don't have to like, they're not like so involved in my life that I would like, that it has to, like, if you don't love them, like it doesn't have to affect our, right. anyway, point being part of it is because I love that shit. Like, yes, I remember second significant boyfriend, his name is Spencer. Um, I met, he doesn't really have like a close family, but like I met the parents of his best friend who are like a family to him uh-huh. right and Ken. um Ken, yes and i remember like hanging out with them and i had a great time and they important loved me 
And, like, after that hangout, um, he was, like, I knew you were good because, like, you clicked with them. Like, that was, like, like a litmus test, like you're talking about. And I had, like, passed. And I was, like, hooray, because, like, hooray for, like, passing the test, whatever. But also, like, I just genuinely enjoyed having that conversation with them. So if that, if I get all of this, if I get, like, a genuine joy from these people and that's attractive to you. Right. Like, fucking hooray. Um, but yeah. And I we can it. smash later. Yeah. Love and that. Yeah. Like, um, this one person can be... together. Right. We can, we can be in the bedroom together. We can be on the train together. We can be at your parents' dinner table together. We can be at a Always show together. Always thinking about sex. <laughs> Always thinking about sex the whole time, mind you. The whole you, time. Yeah. As everybody should. Yes. But to know that another person... My uncle said this to me. I was talking to him about dating and how I feel like I wasn't... I'm still not finding the right guy, blah, blah, blah. He said, it's me. He said... <laughs> no. He did not say... He did not say that. Damn. Um, no, that's I thought true. I watched that one. Nope, that's a different... No, this wasn't, this wasn't one of my films that mm-hmm. I did. Which I have not done. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Um, Keep the options open. That's right. Don't burn any bridges. That's what I'm saying. No. Before they're even built. Absolutely. Um, he said... Have you, he was hearing me talk about this. And he said, well, have you ever been with somebody who you felt like you could be your total self with, you were turned on by, and you feel like you could do anything or nothing with them? And you felt like the answer was no? I haven't had all three. I've had two out of the three. Yeah. Or one out of the three. What? I would say yes, and I'm very fortunate for that. Like, wow. Multiple times? I would say with both of, I would say with both of the boyfriends. Tony and Spencer? Tony, yeah. I you mean, felt like, like you were yourself? You were turned on and you could do anything or nothing? Turned on, well, I would say 100% for Spencer. And I think that's uh, why we're, like, still friends and why I enjoy having him in my life. Uh, Tony, like, if I nitpick, um, there's definitely, like, there were things that I wasn't necessarily attracted to him, but, like, I always enjoyed, like, the sex that we had. And, I like, I was attracted to him. Um and then, like, was I myself? Like, I sort of didn't really know who I was, so it's kind yeah. of hard to say. Like, like I was being genuine to myself at the time. Right. Um, he wasn't necessarily nice to, like, the kind of person that I thought I wanted to be. So, like, no, but, like, I didn't feel... I wouldn't say I felt, like, disingenuous. Yeah. Like, but, you know, and then I've always been able to do nothing with people. Like, that's... Yeah. That is, like, a wonderful quality of... of of mine is that I love to do nothing. I'm um, still, whenever I get into a nothing spot, I'm like, you get anxious. what do you want to talk about? If no, they're new, well, especially if they're new. Well, sure. If they're new, but like, um, I haven't had this, you know what it is? I haven't had the silence thing for a long time with another person. It's hard. I've been like on the market now for like year is, plus longer. It is a wonderful thing that I think we take for granted with people that we've known for a long time. Um, and it is, it's hard to find, especially you know, people talk about, like, not having significant friends here in New York. Like, that's hard and, and whatever. It's true. And I think part of that is because, like, at least for me, I have this idea of, like, I have a really, really great friend group that I am still friends with from high school. And, like, we don't necessarily, like, we're not all up to date on whatever everyone's doing. But, like, when we're home, there's such a comfort that we all have. And I was talking to my friend last night, and she was saying, like, we've seen the worst of each other. And we're, like, still here. And we still like to do nothing together. And then, like, talk about everything. Like, something about that is wonderful. And then to have that still, have such a positive experience, and then come to New York and sort of not have that at all, you sort of have set the bar super high, and it's hard to, like, do that. But then also, like, it's a bit of, like, rose-colored glasses, too. Rose-tinted glasses. Um, In that, like, 
I was friends with those people in high school when I had nothing to do. So, like, us hanging out all the time was, like, such a given. Versus, like, I have so many things to do now that I don't just have people that, like, every night we, like, get together and do things. Like, to have that friend group is, is um, sort of unrealistic and very difficult. And difficult um, to even just have a significant other. Uh, who is willing to do that. And, like, Because um, to get to know true. somebody takes time. It takes time, absolutely. And you have to go to see them. Yeah. Which, in New York, if you have to go anywhere, it's it takes effort. Fun. Yeah, a lot of effort. Um, How did you I, meet the boyfriends? Um, total chance. Um, luck, I swear to God. So, like, I mean, I guess not luck, but whatever. Um, so... Tony I met at a party. Um, it was, like, my roommate from FIT. Mm-hmm. He started living in a new house um, out in uh, Kew Gardens. And then um, Tony was his new roommate. Uh, and so they had, like, a beginning of school year party. House right? party. House party. And so um, I went to their house. And then, like... So wholesome. I, very wholesome. Um, I was not wholesome at that party. Doesn't but, matter. Um, it was certainly a wholesome party. No, I remember, like, meeting Tony and being, like, you... Right, Aww. like, um, and he like very much felt the same way. We were super flirty. Like, the only thing I stayed over. Like, we didn't have sex or anything, but like, um, we. I found that when I like click with people, I'm like. There's never been like a when did you start when dating? you click you clunk yes, <laughs> um, when did you start dating? I'm like the day I met him. Like, See, that's, that's what but, I. I feel like I'm that way also, but yeah. then when it doesn't happen that way, like we go on one date, we go on two dates, we go on three dates, and then I think. So you want to be a boyfriend or you don't? Like, yeah. it's been three days now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's sort of been the joke with, like, all of it is, like, I sort of don't really care when the I love you comes. I don't really care when the boyfriend label comes because I'm like, I, I've been in this since we started. Yeah. So, like, if you're still here with me, great, we're here. Do you say I love you first? Um, I, no, I have not historically done that. First, have you ever? Um, No. You've always, but it's not. That's certainly not by choice. I think like with Tony, I definitely felt it, but I could tell that he wanted to say it, Mm. so I like let that happen. Interesting. With Spencer, I genuinely did not care about saying it because like I knew I felt it, and I knew that he felt it, and I know that he has some like emotional whatevers that I wasn't really sure it was ever gonna happen, and it sort of didn't. But like. there was something about, like, me feeling comfortable with the way that I felt that was just, like, cool. If that, if, if it means something to you to, like, not say it or do say it, I'm comfortable with where we are, that I didn't necessarily feel the need to be, like, I have to tell you. Like, I yeah. love you. Yeah. Um, but you had the urge. I certainly had the urge. Like, I felt it, like, day one. Like, that's, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You're, yeah. like, have you ever fallen in love? I'm, like, literally every day. Like, as cliche as that is, like... I, love is, I don't know, love is obviously hard, or relationships are hard, but, like, love to me is easy, like. Well, right. Um, With the Subway boy, it's so funny, I saw him, and then I thought, oh, this is gonna be one of those boys that gets off at the next stop, and I always wonder what could have been, and la la la, and then, but he stayed on the train, and then he came into Queens, and I thought, okay, I have to say something to him, and yeah. I did. Ballsy, Which, I love it. It was ballsy, and I got his phone number, and then I texted him about us meeting up for a date, and then he said oh, I have work from this time to this time, maybe another day or something. Yeah. And I thought, oh, see, fucking with the fantasy. It's not a fantasy anymore. Yeah. See, he has a job. He's busy. He has these other things. Which is, like, so not fair. Um, I definitely live in, like, I, I enjoy fantasy as well, but I think that's, like, an unrealistic expectation that I well, try and actively, like... Right. Well, fantasy is sort of... It's just that. Yeah. 
but then when it interacts with, oh, I have work until this time. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Like, part of me wanted him to just get off the train, so then all I had was, like, this nice, shiny That's funny. memory. I mean, yeah, actually, I get that. Because now I have more of, like, oh, I sort of put myself out there. I put myself out there often. No, but I... I spent some money. Yeah. And now he's gone. But did you want to do that? Did it bring you joy to have done that? I could have got more joy out of it. That's fair. But <laughs> I think, I think I don't know, like, I'm not a person to regret things. That's not to say that I don't regret things. That's but the opposite like, of me. I, I don't really see the point because, like, I think that there's a sense of productivity that we should all have about moving forward, right? And I think if you're spending too much time regretting things, it's like you made the best choices you could at the time. Mm. Like, you know, how were you to know then what you know now? Yeah, right. And so, like, if you... also you, work in fashion. Well, yes. So now Always is all that matters. forward. Yeah, now is all that matters. Never looking um, back. So, I mean, that like... So, if you enjoyed pursuing this person, and it didn't work out, like, that doesn't... I don't think that that has to remove the joy that you felt. You can sort of have learned a lesson about, like, what matters to you, and learn some red flags and whatever, whatever, yeah. but, like, I certainly don't think it's worth, like, building a wall to say, like, wow, that was stupid, I'm not gonna do that again. It's yeah. like... You know, right. All of a sudden you become, like, less of yourself, or less loving, or less open, and I think yeah. that's, that's what I sort of don't really enjoy, is this idea of, like, closing yourself off because you've been hurt. Right. I've always been very, like, at least since I've awoken, um, quote-unquote, um, I feel like it is a disservice to, like, not feel things, even if that is somehow harder, because I think, like, I mean, the best example I have of that is, like, breaking up with Spencer, who I met on the street. Like, literally, like, down the street, full meet-cute, like, turned back. We both looked at each other. We, like, were pretending to be on our phones, and then we, like, walked back. And we, like, got each other's numbers, and then, like, seven months together after that. Like, crazy. Um, Remember when I said I was lucky? (laughs) Okay, you are lucky. Okay, yes. Yeah. um, And he is probably, like, one of the most significant people in my life because he's really changed um, by by experiencing things with him and having to deal with a relationship with him, I learned so much. Um, because we were together for seven months, but we've been broken up now for almost like a year and two, like way longer than we were together. And I think like, and we never really had a phase where we like weren't in each other's lives. Um, and I, that is like baffles people. Um, because they're like, you know, it's so normal, like, when you break up with someone, all of a sudden, they're, like, they're gone. They're not who you wanted them to be. And it's, like, well, that's not really fair, because there's things that he did for me that are wonderful. And I think to just fully close myself off from the lessons that he has to teach me, yes, it it might be easier, I might be protecting my heart in ways, but, like, I I would not have changed what I did, because I feel like I learned so much and grew so much from him. Like, in a fully selfish way... I got a lot out of figuring out what it's like to to move to move that relationship in a different way. Um, I certainly didn't want it. Like he he very much broke up with me, um, and like for legitimate reasons. And like we were like really good friends, and so like um, it wasn't anything that like you know he hurt me or like we weren't really gonna work or whatever. Like. Um, he wanted to focus on different things and like I fully respected that and like there are some things that like I don't think it had to happen that way like 
I personally believe that you can like focus on your work at the same time that you're doing a relationship, but like not everyone thinks that way. And I think just sort of come to terms with like, you know, people wanting different things than you, like that's so crazy to like experience someone who wants something so different than you, but you still care about them and you still want the best for them. Um, and I can tell that he genuinely cares about me as well. Um, is there a part of you that hates him though? Um, I think there was, I don't think now, I think I have, um, I've come to accept the limitations of him as a person, right? Like you can't ex- expect, it's unkind to expect somebody to love at a gallon level when they're a pint person. Uh, yes. I think it's hard because like I'm beyond so, their capacity. You want them to do something that's beyond their capacity. I, it is so hard for me to put a limit on someone to say that you are incapable of doing this, especially when it's something that it's not what I want. Well, I'm like, but you could, like, about... you could, you could, and it's like, it's not really well, right. about what you want for them. It's mm-hmm. about what they're capable of. So you're very right, and it's hard for me to sort of say that, but it's very true um, that people he have. Can't, he wasn't able to give you what you needed. What I what I needed, and he's been very aware of that the whole time. He was like, I can see the person that you're supposed to be with, and it's not me. Versus me, I'm like, you know, but you could be like, don't don't be self deprecating. And the reality, he's not you being self deprecating. Yeah. Like, and you he, weren't listening to what he was, was actually not, saying. I wasn't listening. And I, that's, like, I feel like I know now better. And I think that's been one of the funny things is, like, learning about um, the limitations of relationships. And, like, um, in every interaction that you have, they're sort of... There's four people, right? There's, it's not just you. It's not just me and Dan. It's, like, yeah. it's me and I'm thinking about the person that I want Dan to be. And then there's you. And there's a person that you are thinking you want me to be. And we're, we're all combating this, like, expectation versus reality thing. And so um, for me to learn that, like, what I want from someone is not necessarily what they're capable of, um, that doesn't make them less of a person for you or, like, someone who can't be in your life. It's sort of the same thing that, like, I have friends that do shitty things. But, like, I wouldn't consider them not my friends. I just sort of know what their limitations are as a human. And Mm. why do I expect more from a significant other? Or, like, maybe it's not wrong to want more from a significant other, but, like, we are all limited, and that doesn't necessarily mean that a relationship can't work. And it certainly doesn't mean that, like, even though we're not together, we are still in a relationship because, like, to be in each other's lives matters. Yeah. Um, when you're always in relationship. That's, yeah. I mean, like, exactly. And I think, too, like, he taught me a lot about, like, you know, for so long I was like, well, I I'm, I love my friends, but I'm in love with you. Something about that is different. Like, you come, like, you come first. Like, so many relationships come first. And he was like, well, if I love someone, I love them. Like, I love my best friend. Like, I love, you know, that those that to be in a significant love is not so different than the love that I feel for my friends. Yeah, people talk about being their best friend. But it's and also I, transcendent love that does come before friends. I, I don't necessarily think that in the sense that, like, there is... Because you're not buying a house with your friends. I would. There's some people that I would. Like, my best friend... Like, that's the thing, is that, like, I remember my best friend and I sort of struggling a lot in our early friendship with this idea that, like, we could date people and then all of a sudden, like, kind of push that person to the side. Right? Yeah. And I mean we already she lives still in texas and i live here and so like we already are so removed from each other's lives that it's been kind of hard to navigate but like she's still my best friend and um 
what matters is not necessarily whether she comes first or, or last. It's this idea of like, what would I do for this person? Yeah. And I would do anything for her. The same way that I would right. do anything for someone that I'm in a significant relationship with. Right. But it's the everyday thing that is, is different. The everyday thing is different. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that those relationships aren't different. Yeah. Like, but like your relationship with every human is different. Like my relationship right. with this significant other is different than this significant other. Yeah. And I think too, like, um, I got this advice from a friend. Um, she was someone that I went to school with who um, was like, oh, God, she's going to kill me. I think she's 31, 32. Um, at the time, she was like 27. I don't think that math works out. But anyway, she was like almost eight years older than me at the time. And I never really met anyone that was like that age. Like I I knew people who were my parents' age and right. people my age, but I never met anyone who was like somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, and so her advice was always, like, so wonderful because she had perspective, like... Um, and so what she taught me was, like, you know, I was starting to really get into things with Tony, and she was breaking up with someone. And I was like, you know, I'm watching you go through this, and it's really hard for you. Why am I doing this? Why am I falling in love with Tony if, like, this is a potential option? And she's like, well, it's not that I don't love this person anymore. It's that our love and our relationship are changing. And so... I was somehow hung up on like, well, like, where does love go after a relationship ends? And she's yeah. like, love doesn't go anywhere. I still love this person. Mm-hmm. Like, I will always have that love for this person. It will change. It will become less significant or not. But like, that love doesn't really go away. And so when I think about like the love I have for friends in my life, like my best friend, like, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for her. And so that's not so dissimilar to, like, a significant relationship. And why am I trying to put them in boxes that say, like, you come before you? It's like, yeah, you know, we're capable of so much more. Like, I think that's the other thing, too, is, like, we we assume that love is this, like, finite thing. Attention is a finite thing. There's only so much that you as a person can do in a day. But, like, I, you can love everyone in the world. Right, like there's nothing to say that you can't love people. However that looks, whatever you're able to do for them, that sort of changes. But like, I don't love my friend any less because I'm in a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's not like a, you know, zero to a hundred and you get right. a portion of it. Right, right? not like, pieces of the pie. No. Um, and so like once I kind of started to think about that, it was like this wonderful, like, I can have so many significant people in my life and they can all add to it. And, um, I think that's wonderful. Um, and I guess getting back to all of it is that like, um, not limiting ourselves to say that like, okay, well, like, because I broke up with this person, they can't be in my life anymore. And it's like, well, I do that. Well, of course it's so much easier. It's, it's like exactly what we're taught. Like everyone I talked to was like, just stop talking to him. Stop talking to him. I'm like, it's not that easy because like, it wasn't that it easy be, because it can it's not, be that easy. It can be that easy when things are wrong. Like I will say, like Tony and I breaking up, like that's why a wrong breakup is really nice. If he's it, cheating on you, there is an inherent There's albums for you. There's <laughs> ice creams for you. There's yes. women for you. There's yes. outfits for you. Yeah, it, there's a lot there's waiting a lot there, for there for you. And you know what? It's really fun. Yeah, and I it's think it's really that fun was... to be pissed off and to look fabulous and to go fuck other guys. Yeah, um, especially but when, when it just. Especially when what? No, I was gonna say. Especially when what? Especially when like, you meet boys that are way cuter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're just like, what? One right. Of my, there's this comedian that I like. Um, oh god, 
De- uh, 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 I'm going to remember his name later. Um, <laughs> he says, are you ever with your significant other and you see someone fine, sexy, and hot to death? And he says, I should have been patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I should have been patient. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what I wanted to say about yeah. your, what I would call more holistic view, or a wholehearted view on how we love other people. And the way that that gets sort of misconstrued in our mm-hmm. greater cultural dialogue is that I think you're only able to love other people. You can only love other people to the extent to which you cultivate the love that you have for yourself and the care that you take Ooh. that you have for yourself. Absolutely. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, looking at yourself, tending to the parts of you that are neglected, no one else is going to do that. Yeah including a significant other who thinks you're pretty and smart. Absolutely. And I think that was, like, very much part of the reason why, like, Tony and I never really worked out is because, like, he he was really unhappy with the person that he was. And something about, like, keeping, right. keeping me around gave him justification that I was, that he was a good person. Because mm. if I would stick around, that made him a good person. And I think That's when I realized... Part, when you become part of their ego, which is not like, oh, you have a big ego, but any identification with form or with another person or with an idea or yeah. with a thing... It's, and that was the thing is that like, but me sticking around didn't help him feel any better about himself necessarily right. because that all is still really deep rooted, like yes. what you think of yourself. And so much of that came out really negatively with him, like trying to bring me down and say that like, I wasn't anything and I wasn't, you know, come down with me, come down here yeah. with me. Um, and so once I sort of realized like, you know, you make me feel like shit, this is not healthy. I'm gonna like try and move on, which takes a while to realize. Absolutely, I we were together for a year and a half. You think you're in a relationship? Yeah, and I, you know, and I realized like this is what a relationship is. Exactly, and it was like my first significant relationship. And to be fair, like I loved him very much. I don't think that I didn't love him. Yeah. I just kind of realized that like he was not capable of loving me, or like maybe he did, but it wasn't health. Like there was just mm-hmm. so much toxic about the whole thing, um, and. Yes, there's a limit to how he is able to care for me because of what he thinks about himself. Right. Right. And so I absolutely agree with you that like there there has to be a care for you and I'm um I'm for I can't really tell you where this comes from, but like so so much of the conversation within our generation is like whether or not you hate yourself, right? Like what do you think of yourself? What do you think you're capable of or worth loving or like, you know, all these things and like I'm very fortunate to say that I, I don't hate myself. Um, I'm, there's probably like times in my life that I could attribute that I did. Um, but I feel like I've put a lot of like introspective work and I'm really proud of that work. And I, I'm not always great. There's things that like, I don't like about myself necessarily. Like I wish were better, but I see those as opportunities for change. And so like, I, I'm very fortunate to say that I don't hate myself. And I see how that like, affects a lot of my interactions with people. Um, And so, but part of me realizing that I don't hate myself was getting out of a relationship where someone tried to make me like hate myself. Right. Like, like it's so, and so like getting back to this idea of regret, like do I regret this really toxic relationship that made me really sad for a really long time? Like, no, because like, what's the point? Like I got to a point where I was able to grow. So like, 
And now you're going to recognize the next time that you're like, oh, what Absolutely. makes this feel familiar? What makes me feel comfortable here? Absolutely. What, yeah. Oh, it's because it's if I think that I'm a piece of shit or that I suck in some way and this person either through telling me it overtly or making jokes about me or yeah. like self it's not self-deprecating but when someone makes a deprecating joke yes. about you yes and and it makes you f- feel connected to them because yeah. you think oh oh that's you know who i am i'm like, that yeah. bad thing yeah yeah it's like well this is my last question to you yes what do you want what do i want uh good question um i'm doing sun hands yes for the for those, what do you want? For those not watching. For those not watching. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I don't... I don't know. There's things that I think that I want. Um, but I don't necessarily think that there's like one thing that will make me infinitely happy. So, like, um, I guess I really don't have an answer, which I don't like, but I think there's a lot to expound upon. Um, so, like, in this most recent significant relationship with Spencer, like, I, I realized that I derived a lot of my happiness from significant relationships, from my friendships, from, like, my parents, from boyfriends. Um, and like, if those things weren't going well, all of a sudden I was really unhappy. Right. And I think it was a lot of pressure to put on other people to be there for me in a certain way that I needed. And it like, wasn't really fair to assume that that's the only thing that can make me happy. Right. And especially when I'm with someone like Spencer, who like, what makes him happy is dancing, is work, is like creativity. Right. And so like, I'd never really been with someone who was that way. And so like, that being part of the reason why we broke up is because we just didn't share what made us happy. Um, it was really difficult. And so what I've done in the past year is like try and focus on the things that I can invest in that could also maybe make me happy. Right. Like I didn't know, I think we're all born with this like, um, comfy level of like the things that make us happy and I think we have to learn to grow past that in order to find um more sustaining happiness and so um I've realized that like basically once we broke up like I was able to invest in work a little bit more than I had before um I never really cared what I did for work I never really cared like what work was able to provide happiness for me it was just sort of like a punch in punch out kind of thing um And what I realized is that, like, there is a certain amount of joy and happiness that work can bring me. Is it equivalent to a boyfriend? No. And I think that is kind of fascinating because I think that varies for people all the time. Um, But what matters is that, like, even without boyfriend, I can find something else that makes me happy. So I'm not all of a sudden reliant on one thing. I think that, like allows you, like, that diversity makes you a more interesting person. It makes you a more sustainable person. Um, like, my boss, I talked to her, um, her partner, like, died. And um, she talked about, like, that was part of the reason why she got so invested in work. Because I was asking her, like, 
if I was to take this business over from you, like, would I have to work as hard as you do? And she was like, no, you can, you can put as much into this as you want to. I put as much into it because I had to, because my partner died. Like it was a very like objective, like I need to refocus. I need to move on. I need to find something to invest in. Right. And I think there's a lot of things that are worth investing to see if you, if they can make you happy, because I think again, like they can all compound to make you a whole person. Right. Um, and so, like, what I want right now, what I feel like I'm missing is that significant relationship. Like, I miss being in love. I miss being having a crush on someone. I miss um, the comfort that a relationship provides me personally. Like, I exhaust myself dating. I exhaust myself, like, walking down the street and being like, that boy's cute, that boy's cute, that boy's cute. Did you look at me? Did you look at me? Should mm-hmm. I respond? Should I look back? Should I whatever, whatever. Like, yes. my internal monologue that goes along with that is exhausting. And I don't want to deal with it. It is. And I can't, I'm not inherently good at, like, shutting that off. Like, people are like, well, just don't focus on dating. I'm like, but it's kind of what I want. It's hard, yeah. And so, um, what, that's kind of what I want right now. Um, but I sort of understand, too, that, like, but but part of the reason why I can say that I want that is because, like, right now work is going really, really well for me. Yeah. And I think what's fascinating is that, like, I recently did work... Um, I haven't told you this. So um, I made a cra- uh, outfit for Ms. Cracker. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, it's this guy. Chris is a designer, and he knows Cracker. He knows a lot of drag queens in the city. Cracker came to him. Miss Cracker is a big drag queen. Yes, it's a very big drag well, queen. Well, a very small drag queen. <laughs> a very but small a drag queen. Big a very deal. big star. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she is doing a tour through like the UK right now. And so she wanted a look. She wanted a lot of looks for this show that she was just like a one woman show. But she like asked Chris to help design this look. And he did. And he didn't really have time to do it. So he was like, Jason, can you like help me make it? I ended up making the whole thing, which. Um, was amazing and like I got to meet her I got to have a like fitting with her it was so fun um and I'm really proud of the work that I did I think it looks amazing she was really happy I'm actually making a whole nother one because she already ran that one into the ground um but like that was like a huge career success for me like I love drag queens <laughs> I'd love to work with them I would love to have like something that I made on Drag Race someday like that would be amazing that's going to happen thank you um I think so it's going to happen um but I think what's interesting is like I put a lot of work in it was very exhausting I'm very proud of it but if I genuinely ask myself like did it make me happy I can't wholeheartedly say yes you know what I think would have made you happy or would have made it the bow on the thing is if you told the whole story of it happening to your boyfriend over dinner. That's what I'm saying. Because like, that's really, the experience is like that. It's like we go on trips so that we can tell the story. And I think, I mean, it, like, to relate it even further to me personally, like, I, one of my biggest joys is, like, using what I do for work for people that I care about. Mm. So, like, when I can make things for my friends or I can make things for people that I respect, like, something about that is, like, so much more fulfilling to me as a person. Mm. Um, so, like, it was really fulfilling to do something for a drag queen that I really respect. Um, but I don't necessarily have any, like, personal connection with her. Mm. And so it's kind of hard for me to, like, find that as satisfying as, like... To be honest, like, when I made things for Fencer when we were dating, like, something about that was, like, I'm useful to you. Mm. Like... 
I can make you something that makes you happy. Like you get to like post about it on social media and you get to tell people that I did it for you. And like something about that, something about being appreciated and like being useful and like is, is, is very fulfilling for me. Um, and I think by being a maker, I've really found the closest thing I will ever get to that. Um, and so I'm very lucky to be like doing what I love and like doing something that like makes me proud and like I'm, makes me happy. But is it like the thing that makes me happy? Kind of what I'm realizing is like, no, I'm thankful to have that at all because I didn't have that before. I didn't care about my work before. Um, but I'm, but now I'm at a step where I'm like, you know, now I need to start investing in like the thing that I, that I want, what your whole question is like, um, and so that's kind of hard too. Cause like, I don't really want to use the apps. I don't really want to use like, I don't know. I like meeting people a little more genuinely. Um, I also like believe in luck and that I'm a lucky person and I think it's going to happen for me someday and I'm not so stressed about like when it's going to happen, but I definitely miss it. Um, but also like until then, like I have significant relationships that I'm trying to invest in, like with my roommates and like with you and like with, um, I don't know, even like with Spencer to a degree, because like that relationship is still very significant. Like in a lot of ways, he is like my best friend. Um, cause he's the person that like, I relate to about a lot of things and like I tell about my day and like, you know, those things aren't really different. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Well, you're very lucky. <laughs> very lucky. So, all lucky charms out there. Uh, yes, fingers crossed. I've realized the one thing about it is that I cannot own it too much. Because I, I have this... great I way to this, let it go. I have this ultimate fear that I'm like, if I own being lucky, too, if I rely on I it too much, yeah. it'll go away. That's right. So I just have to like... So who knows? I mean, maybe yeah. he'll be, maybe he'll appear on the train. Maybe he won't. Who you knows? Know. I mean, know. we don't know. We're not tied to anything. No. Thank you, J. Crew. Yes, thank you for having me. Cheers. Thank you for making me a cocktail. It's very tasty.